Animal Fire Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio Podcast. This week, the week of April 24th, this is FDIC week. I know so many don't ever make it out to the show, but if you do, come find us. We're in booth 13073 in the main hallway. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to chat with you. We're going to be podcasting from the booth in conjunction with the 2448 podcast from High Viz Lighting. We are going to have such a great time. we got a project in the works with Rev Group. we got a project in the work with Mercedes Textiles and a few other manufacturers as well. This is going to be a banner week for us at National Fire Radio. We are fired up. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. And this week during FDIC, we're going to bring you content live from the show as well as our scheduled programming. So we're not going to miss a beat this week. While we're working the floor in Indianapolis, we want you to still enjoy the podcast. Give it a listen. Thanks for the support. And we appreciate everything that you've done. Like, share, subscribe to the audio channel that you listen to. And do me a favor, tell somebody else about the podcast. Because, man, without your help and support, we're not able to grow. And you guys have pushed us to get better, be better, and we appreciate that support. So... I'm going to shut up and get off the FDIC. This is the week of April 24th. Enjoy the podcast this week, and we appreciate your support. We'll check you later. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. This episode's brought to you by Teledyne Fleer. Teledyne Fleer is the creator of thermal imaging in the fire service. This year, 2023, is the 10th anniversary of the release of their K-Series thermal imaging cameras. Back in 2013, the K-Series was launched to specifically target firefighters and making their job more effective and efficient by using thermal imaging technology. Ten years later, they're bringing so much more to the table with a multitude of cameras that help you on the situational or tactical decision-making. They make a camera for every position on the fire ground. Check out Teledyne Fleer. They bring so much to the table in the world of thermal imaging. And at FDIC this year, 2023, you can find them in booth 443 with Teledyne Gas and Flame, as well as you can find them in their partner's booths, 1201 with Team, 3457 with Darley, and of course you can find them at the Whitmer Fire Store, 110 and 111. Look for Teledyne Fleer this year at FDIC 2023. Ask them to show you the product and talk about thermal imaging because it is the technology that pushes the firefighters forward. Anyway, Teledyne Flair, a great sponsor and a part of the National Fire Radio platform. This episode's brought to you by the 2448 Podcast. If you're a first responder with an entrepreneurial streak, check out the 2448 Podcast. Hosted by Sam Massa, who built lighting company high-vis LEDs. During his off time, he serves as a volunteer firefighter and professional EMT. Each week, we tell the stories of different first responder-owned businesses, from small startups to food trucks to companies like National Fire Radio and Fire Department Coffee. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts, go to the2448.com for more information. That's www.the2448.com for more information about this killer podcast and if you're coming to fdic this year join us in booth 13073 right by the entrance in the main hallway where national fire radio yes us in conjunction with the 2448 podcast will be teamed up for live shows throughout the duration 
of FDIC. It's going to be a killer week out in Indy. Join us at booth 13073 right in the main hallway where you come right into the convention center. We're going to be right there live broadcasting throughout the week. Come see us. Guys, thanks for checking it out. Check out the 2448 podcast. And now, without further ado, the daily episode. Hey, everyone. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Today's a little bit different than the the obvious podcast that I do regularly where I sit behind a soundboard. Nobody gets to see who I am. <laughs> it's like the Wizard of Oz, right? I play uh, behind the curtain. Absolutely. But since everybody can see who I'm talking to today, Keston Weimer. Yes, sir. Brother, thank you, man. Thank Shake you for, your hand. Thank you for having absolutely. me on. This really is appreciate cool. it. So, Tony Angelosi, mm-hmm. right, who put us together. This is let, – so let's back up a little bit, right? So sure. So this is a fun conversation. Absolutely. So, Delaware – County Technical High School. That's yep. where we are today. And uh, if you're watching the video, we're sitting in their apparatus bay classroom, if yeah, you will. for sure. This is a two-year technical high school for basically junior and seniors in high school. Correct. Who go to regular classes at another school during a day or half a day. Mm-hmm. They come here the other half of the day to learn about fire, EMS, and police because potentially they're looking at a career in pursuing in one of those fields. Yep, 100%. Very cool. Because yeah. I know there's programs like this all over the country. Um, where I am, though, we don't have this in our technical high schools. Okay. We have plumbing, welding, heating, and air conditioning. Yeah, this definitely isn't a traditional program. Which is really interesting to me because how – where are the roots? Do you know where the roots – because you've been Absolutely. with the program for five years mm-hmm. now, right? Program was here before you got here. Correct, for quite a while. So break it down for me, man. Do you know where sure. the roots come from? Yeah, Um. so a lot of this, this – type of program is born as a response to September 11th oh, wow. years ago. So, <clears throat> excuse me, most of these programs, I would say, are o- over 20 years old, some okay. some newer. But ours was uh, created 2000, 2003 uh, and just kind of grew from there. But it was a response by the state and the Department of Homeland Security to get more people interested in these careers. Interesting. And it's morphed over the years. Obviously, now we're in a very post-9-11 generation. But I think that the program is uh, taking on more of a role now of filling the gaps that exist in public safety as far as recruitment goes, people not getting into the business like they used to. Yeah, I think it, you know, you and I were talking before we hit the record button, and sure. one of the conversations we had, which I thought was really interesting, is the program, you can max out at 50 students for total. each total, right? Correct, 25 in the morning and 25 in an afternoon session. So, and, and with that, you said you often don't max out at that number. Correct, we usually do about, I would say about 40 a year. So what's really interesting to me, though, and you made a good point of saying that, it's kind of representative of the emergency services 100%. Especially in the volunteer realm, right? I mean, I know, listen, career departments are having a hard time hiring, Mm -hmm. too. There's no doubt, right? Um, But really in the volunteer service, and a lot of the kids that are in your program probably volunteer in their home departments. Almost every one of them. Yeah. And so what's interesting then is it's representative of what we're dealing with today in the fire service. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and you see it now, you know, you get uh, the nice part is, is that we are a good uh, like dipping your foot in the water kind of deal for some students where maybe they're not sure if they want to join, not sure what they want to do yet. But this gives them some exposure that it's relatively low risk for them. It's not like you're, you know, 18 or 19 years old taking a job that you might not like. You can kind of get that opportunity in high school yeah. and get exposed to it. Every student that's came to me that wasn't a member from somewhere else usually winds up one and they usually catch the bug pretty quick. And that's kind of the intent of the program. Oh, one of them, one of the big ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our primary mission is to deliver, you know, a, a comprehensive public safety education to them. So they can get a number of certifications through here. They can get their um, the first three out of four modules of the Pennsylvania State Fire One curriculum. Right. 
Uh, they can get their EMT certification, hazardous materials, and a bunch of other smaller ones, CPR, AED, things like that. Um, so that's that's kind of goal number one. But goal number two is to get them, hopefully, a, uh, a decent career. Yeah. And goal number three, I would say, is to be able to help serve the community as a pipeline for those type of students. So, well, I love that, right? Candidates, because, yeah, I, yeah. I think of what's so much, what's happening here. So much of it is not just the emergency service aspect. You're giving them the ability to learn the trade for sure, right? Yeah. But you're also teaching a lot of other valuable skills at from 16 to 18 years old. These kids are coming in here, mm-hmm. and you're teaching. It's a, it's a, it's not a formal classroom. Agreed. There are times when it is, sure. but for the most part, these kids are working together. Mm-hmm. You give them tasks and you tell them to go get it done. Yep. We're sitting in an apparatus bay. We got this beautiful Han behind us, <laughs> right? I it's love pr- it. pride and joy. Yeah. And, and with that, though, we're sitting here looking at it and you have equipment from all over. We're going to talk about all that. Sure. But on, off the camera, you have gear racks set up where each kid has their own set of turnout gear yes. where they can take ownership and pride in their position here. You have... Four different cabinets, right? Like for the three EMS cabinets. Yep, it's it's awesome. Thank like, you. It's Thank just, you. I appreciate it. Yeah. When I walked in and met you for the first time today, I, I walked in and I was like, "Man, this looks like a firehouse." And you're like, "Well, that's the that's intent." The and I'm like, "Well, I kind of absolutely understand mm-hmm. that, right?" But you also then, like in the emergency services, even in the volunteer service, I talk a lot how age doesn't matter. Whether you're 16, 20, or 85 years old, the volunteer fire service doesn't really look at age. Yeah. Right. We expect an 18 year old volunteer firefighter to do the same job as a 45 year old volunteer firefighter, especially when it comes to interior firefighting Mm -hmm. and things like that. Basic skills. Yeah. Basic skills. So you kind of have that mantra here then, too. Oh, you treat them as equals, if you will. I mean, you are their instructor, but there's certainly a level of respect and trust. Oh, there has to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, it's 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 no lie today, you know, how technology is ingrained in every piece of especially, you know, younger kids lives nowadays. But being able to come here and work with people in a team sport like firefighting, yeah. um, you know, every day definitely I think helps build the uh, important social skills that they're going to need, you know, and that um, that ability to have a back and forth with somebody, have, you know, basic conversations and stuff like that, which unfortunately is lost on some kids. But I think in this in this type of environment, this school, you know, where, you know, even those that might be a little bit more in a shell than others are forced to kind of work with other people and usually, you know, helps breed great friendships. I think most of these people stay friends even after they graduate. And what awesome. I what I love too is like I had a chance to speak for a few minutes in front of the class oh, yeah. just to say they hello and, and so on and thank them for, you know, allowing me in their firehouse, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, but what was really cool looking around that room was the diversity within that room. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that, and that's been great too. I mean, yeah, you, you met our afternoon class, but our morning class is half women. It's 50%. So cool. yeah, yeah, no, that is, that's, that's been a great deal. Yeah. And that's, a, that's very representative though of Delaware County. We are an extremely diverse County here. You go from very blue collar, middle class, right. lower middle class communities, all the way up to upper and, uh, and everything in between that. And the nice part is, is we service every school in the County. So we get kids from all over the area, right. which is nice too. Cause you get to meet, you get to meet people that, that didn't grow up where you grew up that aren't necessarily like, like you definitely helps you become a more cultured and I'd say well-rounded individual. So, which is really cool. And it should be said that we're like literally on the outskirts of Philadelphia. Absolutely. The airport's like, five minutes from here. Delaware yeah. County is right to the mm. south of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I believe, where mm-hmm. we are. Okay. So it's pretty diverse. And, yeah. and the class represents that, which I think in the fire service is super important, right? Yeah. I And I even think about my own kids, like their upbringing versus my upbringing. Diversity is just so much more inclusive now. Yeah, than for sure. Than what it was when I was a kid growing up. For like, sure. We didn't, we didn't have 
women in the in in yeah. you know in the in our fire one class. Uh-huh. We didn't have you know I didn't have I wasn't surrounded by a lot of different ethnicities sure. or race. You know. Well, yeah. My favorite part about that is the different ideas and the different ways of looking at things that each one of those people brings 100%. to the table. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. You get five different people like me. They're going to give you the same response to something. That might not always be the best way to tackle a problem. You know what I mean? So that also makes for uh, much better discussion in the classroom too, which is which helps with the education. Nobody wants to sit there and listen to the instructor talk for hours on end when you can have a discussion and engage with the class and have them bounce ideas off of each other and stuff like that. It makes for a much better learning environment. It, it really is a, a great environment when you have people from different points of view, different yeah. parts of their life has influenced them differently and to put that all together. Mm-hmm. And it's very representative of what the emergency services is. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because, sure. you know, you're serving different communities and to be able to be open-minded and to be able to have a conversation instead of sticking to one point of view, you're, you're, you have an environment here where people are going to sit back and kind of listen a little bit more mm-hmm. and understand the diversity that comes into the conversation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's powerful. I, I think it's usually beneficial too, especially when they get out in their adult lives and get out into the, the post high school real world, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So where does this come from? Right. For you? Because like, here's the deal, right? Volunteer fireman, young, mm-hmm. became a career fireman. Yep. And then That's you had right. an opportunity to come back to this sure. program. Yeah. And I'd love to, to talk about that. For so sure. where, I mean, where does this come from? Sure. Well, so, I mean, I joined, I remember, I'll never, the first day I joined the volunteer fire service, I remember I was on a trip to my dad, like to the pharmacy, I think, to pick up cold medicine. And I remember we passed a, our local firehouse and I said, uh, mind if we stop in there? I was definitely part of that post 9-11 generation. Saw what those guys did and everything like that and very much wanted to help serve my community. So I stopped into the firehouse. We signed an application, and, it, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. Was it like 16? Like a 14, junior, 14, 14, 14 years old. 14. Yeah, young, young. And then um, I found out, through my uh, homeschool that there was a program like this available uh, where you could get, basically the way I looked at it is, oh my gosh, I could get out of school for half the day to yeah, right. play with yeah, fire yeah, trucks yeah, and right. stuff like 100%. that. Sign me up, no problem. And then I got into it and I, uh, I had an excellent instructor that believed in me and definitely helped shape me into the person uh, that I am today. And uh, I went out, I got my EMT certification. You couldn't get the fire certs back then. That's since changed. But I got my EMT certification and went out working right away, continued on, became a paramedic and went... Um, Tested for various career departments until I found one I liked. Started working there, and then um, lo and behold, my wife's a teacher, and she actually uh, she was looking for teaching jobs and said, yeah. "Is that the school you went to? That's hiring?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, it is." And I toyed around with the idea. You know, I worked very hard to get a job as a career firefighter, sure. but um, I realized that this program could really we could grow this program into something that could really help the students and help the community quite right. a bit. So, <clears throat> uh, I hesitantly took the job. I applied, hesitantly took the job, and since then it's been you know, one of the better decisions that I've made. You know, I, I've definitely, um, it's not the same fulfillment as going to a fire. You know, I don't think anything ever, you know, really touches that kind of thing. I I, yeah. I However, it. it's definitely a different uh, way to feel fulfilled when you see these guys that go out and, uh, you know, get careers in the business, you know, and, and get, you know, get good jobs, help, that, help guide them, sometimes through some pretty challenging things in their lives. I think what's really interesting, right, is uh, career fire service is, is wonderful. I've never had the opportunity to be a mm-hmm. career fireman. I've had opportunity. I never capitalized on those opportunities sure. and took advantage of, of that. Um, and so not really getting that aspect of it, but understand, I can understand it. Sure. Um, it had to be hard for you to walk away from that. Oh, it was extremely difficult. You know, that was, that was the dream. I was the dream, you, you know, when right. I was 14 years old, it's like, okay, I'm going to become a fireman. I want to do that. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, the last day I left was rough. I remember, you know, leaving the leaving the firehouse on the last day and almost on the brink of tears thinking, oh my gosh, I made I made a really rough choice here. But then, I mean, like I said, within the first couple of weeks of being here, you know, I, I kind of got the same feeling. When you, when you teach somebody or even, you know, when you teach somebody and watch them struggle for a little bit, you know, 
maybe you know pulling a hand line took you four or five times to get down right or forcing a door took a little while and then you watch the satisfaction especially when somebody's you know 15 16 years old you know on their faces and get to teach them that and pass that knowledge on to them it's a different it's a different type of fulfillment but it's definitely um you know it's definitely something that you know I love were you looking for the, so no, the reason the reason why I asked sure, right, sure, is like I'm, I'm trying to play this over my head, and I, uh -huh. I know you kind of like we kind of already had this conversation yeah, off camera, sure. and and I'm just wrapping my head around it. But for sure, um, when you left the firehouse, that was what you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But there had to be something that drew you to the potential of this, right? Yeah, I would say that largely because I was one of these students. You know what I mean? I I I think I can speak to that differently. You know, I I went through. That's actually a nice way to connect with them too. Is you know I took 100%. the same test. I took the same test that you guys took. You know, sat in I, your seat. I sat in your seat. Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely been a big, um, a big help. But yeah, I think had I not gone through this type of program, I probably wouldn't have thought twice. I never would have taken the job. But it meant so much to me. I think it shaped who I was so much I being that. in the tech yeah. school that right. I thought that you know what that, that's that's a job. Your way I'm of giving take. back to it for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, it did a lot for you then. This program. Oh yeah, for sure. It really did. I was. A, I was not the best student mm -hmm. <laughs> prior to becoming, uh, prior to getting into the tech school. You know, I, I was a troublemaker. You know, I didn't really like my classes and stuff. But then I got into a class that was, that's what I wanted to learn. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And I met, I, the nice part too is I also met people that were like me and that had common goals. Yeah. You know, so I didn't really, once I got into the tech school, I didn't hang out with a lot of people from my home school. All my buddies and stuff like that were from the tech school. And they were all members of firehouses. You know, <laughs> I think I think it's such a powerful conversation because I think we put um, traditional schooling on a pedestal. Yeah. And not every kid, yeah. so many kids get lost in the traditional approach because it's just not for them. Mm -hmm. And for you to say that you, it's not that you weren't a good student. You weren't a good student at the traditional model of what it wasn't high what was I liked. giving you. Yes. But as soon as you got into a technical school yes. that gave you what you were looking for, I'm sure you did very well. For sure. The country's definitely coming, I think, coming around to 100%. that. We spent, we spent too long just forcing college down people's throats, yes. frankly. It didn't need it, didn't want it. Or I wouldn't degrees. go back. No, I wouldn't do it again. Don't blame went, me one bit. I'm the same way four, myself. I went to a four-year university, got yep. a bachelor's degree. If I were to do it over, I probably would not go to college. Mm -hmm. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that... You know, now that we're realizing that and realizing the full potential that, that these types of schools and programs have to offer, you're hopefully going to make, ultimately make for somebody who's going to have a happier life, who doesn't find themselves in a job that they don't want to be in because they went and got a degree that they didn't need, you know? Sorry okay, about man. that. No, this we're is in legit. School. You we're know, in you, school. The first time I, we're sitting in the school, but the first time I heard that go off, I thought we were rolling out. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I thought we were hitting, hitting the streets with the Delaware County Technical yeah, High School it. Engine um, Company. Oh, but. yeah, you should hear when a box drops close to here. All the kids, man, they do not <laughs> like, let's go, let's go. We have a fire engine. So, yeah, that's, that's always that's funny. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I just, that that is something that's really important to recognize, and that's probably this struggle you had of like, hey, I'm a career fireman now, but man, this opportunity's here, and this is a program that did so much for me, mm -hmm. put you on the path to get to that career, mm -hmm. and then, hey, I might be able to make a bigger impact. For sure. You can be- It is, 100% is. You mentioned the word fulfillment, and I wrote it down on my pad, and I think fulfillment is a, a word that we don't talk about enough for an individual. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that today more than ever is finding their own fulfillment within life, right? Because yeah. ultimately you have to be happy. And without fulfillment, without working in a career or a job or being in a relationship that you're not fulfilled with, man, that sets you up for, for bad times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're not feeling fulfilled in what you do, it's not going it's, it's to, you know, you're not going to be happy at it. You're not going to be happy so, doing it. So I can only imagine then with your background here and your passion for it, passion enough to come back to it. Sure. 
you had other guys that were in your position before you got here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the program probably looked a little bit different. Very different. Okay. Yeah. The first year was was tough. I, I had come in um, – <laughs> I came in post, you know, f- post career fire academy, very militant structure. Sure, thinking that I was going to run this program just like that. <laughs> and my uh, my very first year, it certainly it certainly backfired. I think I came out off a little too militant for, frankly, for no good reason. The kids that were plenty good and kids that you know wanted to do the job, but that was just kind of like that's this is how I learned. This is how you're going to learn, and that doesn't make it right. And definitely, you know, generations of kids change, so. You know, once I kind of took a step back and realized, you know, that maybe we don't need to take everything so seriously because I think they get that a lot from adults. Everything is serious. Everything is serious. Well, no, everything is not serious. You know, the fire service, we joke around, you know, we, you know, you know, things like that. And I think once that kind of happened, I was able to connect with them on a better level. And since then, you know, the, the relationship I've had with the kids has been great, you know. Yes. I say kids, they're adults. That's, a ba- that's, a, yeah. that's something I, mean, I have to remind myself to say. No, I, I think it's a, I mean, yeah, yes, right? But yeah. you treat kids, adults, whatever you want to call them. There, there's a level of respect and yeah. um, uh, this mutual, like, yeah. gratitude for one another, too. Because I they, would agree. Because they have to see your passion that goes into this. Yeah, and you know, the other thing that's hugely helps, you know, I'm still a volunteer in the area, and right. uh, it's not uncommon to see them on the fire ground, either. Which is always that's that goes cool. that goes a long way. Yeah, every and that cool part now that I've been doing it for a few years is every fire ground's like a big reunion. <laughs> you know, afterwards when you're packing hose, you get to see a couple of your old students and things like that. You know that what is what does that feel like? Oh, it's wild. I mean, especially you know I was I, I had the pleasure of being on a fire a mutual aid fire where one of my students was you know the first time on the nozzle, put the fire out the whole nine yards, and I, I remember like their face you know reminded me of what it was like the first time I got to do that. Yeah, yeah you know, and I remember you know. You give give yourself a little credit, you know. Yeah, I think I taught him some of those skills, but just watching the joy, because just like you said, the fulfillment's the key part of that. You know, I don't think you can get any more fulfilled than that moment. Uh, it's definitely it's uh, it makes you realize, I guess, the uh, seriousness, you know, and, and I guess the importance that this position carries. Hundred percent. But like, but I so I yeah, wow. So break if we break that down a little. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Coming coming back here and finding that fulfillment and teaching and educating in a program that you wanted that. Did so much for you. You then, you then want to add to the program. You want to mm. make the program better yeah. and push it so further. So we can talk, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. And then to see in five years now, right? This is your fifth year. Mm-hmm. So you've had five years of graduates. Yes. So there's 100 kids. Yeah. Adults. Mm-hmm. Pods possibly working on fire grounds. Yeah. That and not can, police cars and ambulances That as well. could bring a lot back to the same roots that you got here. The alumni network we have is huge, awesome. and that's been that's been you know um, very few of them become strangers. You know, I think I stay in contact with most of them, and a lot of them want to come back. You know, once in a year, once a year we do a, a day in the life of a first responder event. We go to our training center, and it's ours for the day, and we kind of make it a mock city, and they go to a variety of mock calls. I love well, it. Well, yeah, a large majority of people that help us out with that are alumni, people that came through this, you know, got what they got out of it, but want to give back. And I think that says a lot, too, about the caliber of person that comes here and wants to do it. You know, it's not just – it's certainly not for selfish reasons. Otherwise, they wouldn't want to come back and do it, you know? I look at – you know, we, we talk about, like, what this program did for you. Mm. Um, you talk about what it does for your kids, right? It's so much more, and I know I said it already, but I'm just bringing that back. The reason why they're coming back, the reason why the alumni are coming back to this program is because it's done so much for uh-huh. them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're instrumental in Oh, and I, I know, that. I know, and listen, I know yeah. like every guy, I'm humble, you know, humble. Yeah. I get that. But like, you really are making, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that teach and instruct, 
and they make an impact where they are. Some instructors just go through the paces and care, mm. could give two craps. If we've all had the, we've all had those teachers 100%, before. Hundred yeah. percent, right? Yeah. What I watched was we walked into the classroom. You and I were chit chatting, and we walked in. One of your students came in and goes, "Hey, do you want someone sort of take attendance? Or are you <laughs> yeah. coming in? Yeah, right." So we walked in. <laughs> And I got to watch you just talk with the students, and there was this level of mutual respect. And, and I treat them and just like I would anybody else. 100%. Yeah. And I think that that goes a very long way mm-hmm. to watch their, um, their reactions to you and how they act. Yeah. And I think that you're teaching them so much by that. Yeah, I mean, I, the big thing is that I'm a person too. You know, I mess up every day just like you do and everything like that. But, yeah, I, you know, I find that the pedestal isn't always the best approach with them, you know, just because I'm older than you doesn't necessarily mean I know everything. hundred percent. You know, and I, and you know, and they show me and teach me things too. I mean, they're, they're more in tune with the fire service. You know, I have a wife and kids. I'm not as active as I used to be in the volunteer world. They are. So, you know, they, they oftentimes, I mean, I, I love when they come in, they heard of some new wild hose pack they want to do or a new way to force a door or whatever, you know, take it and run with it because I learn stuff too, you know, and that's great. I always talk about the yes and no. And mm. so often the senior guys or people higher up than the, the young kids, right? A lot of times these young kids don't have a voice. Yes. That's something and, I'm very passionate and, about. And so often administrations, command staffs, company officers, yes. even senior guys say no. They say no yep. all the time. Hey, can we try that new scorpion load? Can we try mm. that new modified Minuteman? Mm-hmm. No. No. Yep. No. If, and to, to be very frank with that, my, and it's my opinion, but I think if you're doing that, you're pushing people away. 100%. Whether you know it or not. Yes. You need to, I think that <clears throat> you'd be surprised what somebody will do for your organization if you give them a little responsibility. <laughs> I love that. Talk a about little that. responsibility. Yes. You'd be shocked at what they do. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, that's huge. My question to somebody who says no is, well, why? Yes. Why? Why say no? Is it a, is it a power trip kind of deal? What are, they, what are you hurting? So there's, you know? there's a lot to that, and, and a lot of it has to do with power trip and ego, right? Yeah. Or it's, it's laziness. Lazy, always, sure. Okay, that's a good point. We've always done it that way. Yeah. There's, no, there's no reason to rock the boat. Yeah. Even if it's better, mm-hmm. we're fine the way we are. Yeah. Or well, when you have a younger kid, you, you have kids here that are going through this program five days a week yep. during their high school, junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that probably some of these kids in their firehouses can run circles around the 10-year guy that's yes. in the same uh, firehouse. I, uh, yes. So uh-huh. they become a threat. Yeah, and are, you know, that's something I haven't thought of, but yeah, they for are, sure. So the 10-year guy that's very comfortable in his position mm-hmm. in that firehouse becomes threatened by an 18-year-old gun-ho mm-hmm. kid that's living this life in a mock firehouse and mm-hmm. learning this every day, stretching lines, yeah. learning theory, wearing their SCBA and becoming very proficient at it. And then there's guys that aren't, and they have a lot more experience, quote-unquote, quote right? Unquote, yeah. Those 18-year-old kids are a threat to them. That's a good and, point. And that is where we need to do a better job. That's where our existing members need to not say no. We need to say yes, embrace it, cool. and believe that yeah. an 18-year-old kid has something to teach you. You're mm-hmm. their instructor, yes. and you said you'll sit back and no, listen. No, a thousand percent. Those are the best, that's the best lessons. And they, I mean, when they can teach each other, that's great. But, you know, the one thing I wanted to say to, to your point yeah. is, is that we can't afford this – this is not the fire service of 20, 30, 40 years ago. Not that I was in the fire service 40 years ago, but what I've heard, you know, it. is that, you know, I think where we could kind of afford to let candidates slip through the cracks because we had a boatload of people wanting this job. That's not the case anymore. You can't afford to do that anymore. If you want, if you want your organization to continue in the future after you're gone, you can't afford to kind of blow people off, maybe not give them the responsibility they deserve and things like that. You know, you need to let them be a part of your organization, you know, let them give them the responsibility they want, you know, listen to their opinions, mm-hmm. especially, frankly, especially in the volunteer world, because 
volunteerism's dying and asking a kid to come give up free time is not really something that a lot of them are doing anymore. So I do think that even though they're that 14-year-old and even though that your opinion wasn't heard when you were that age, it's different time now, I think. It is yeah, a different time. For sure. And, and a lot of times their opinions aren't, are, are constructive, are relevant, and are, are oftentimes helpful. And frankly, say yes and then let yeah. them try it. Yeah. And then and have them work, explain it, it to you and whether it works or doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? One thing, if it works, great. We found a better way, an easier way, a more proficient way. Mm -hmm. Great. We win. The public wins. Or it doesn't work. Hey, man, gave you the opportunity, brother, but yeah. you fell flat, man. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. then it's this, like, learning experience for them. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. I talked, yeah. I talked real quick when I spoke in front of the class. Yeah. And I just want to I, I get your take on this, too. Uh -huh. We talked about the process. Yeah. And how important the process is. And I said, overnight. don't speed your don't speed up your career because you feel like you need to be the biggest badass on the fire ground yeah. at 20 years old. Enjoy the career. Give it 10, give it the five year, 10 year, 15, 20 year benchmarks and, and learn the process Yeah, and enjoy the process. Let yourself be vulnerable. I say this a lot. Let yeah. yourself be vulnerable and let yourself make mistakes. The vulnerability is the hardest part, I think, especially in this business, because I think it's a lot of like, you know, I'm a man's man kind of guy, you know, I, uh, I guess, well, I can just speak to like, you know, you know, a lot of the older guys I meet, they're not very touchy feely kind of people. Right. But when, you know, when you mess up a lot of times, I think that those kind of people turn to excuses rather than just saying, no, I, I made a mistake. I thought this was the incorrect way to do it. So I did it this way and it wasn't the right thing, you know? So being vulnerable, opening yourself up to criticism and admitting you made a mistake is, is something that I drive down these guys throats because I think it lacks in the fire service in a lot of places. Yeah. You got to own it. And, yeah, um, you do. There's no the, question. The only way you're going to learn yeah. is if you own your mistakes yeah. and then learn from them, right? Yep, 100%. I wrote down the word confidence, right, when you were talking about that. And I think that we have to – I think a program like this really instills confidence into the individual. Oh, yeah. I find, you know, a lot of times – and this is, this is just fact. Like, a lot of times in our volunteer firehouses, we're not getting the uh, high school quarterback coming through the door to volunteer. Sure, sure. We're finding – we have kids that are looking for – community, looking for direction, looking for something that they're missing, right? You hit the nail on the head with community. And this was something I said I was going to bring up. Yeah. I want to touch on it for yeah. sure is that, yeah, one thing I would like to mention, at least to those, because I know junior fire programs exist across the country, is, is just think about what their home life is, because it may not always be what you think it is. 100%. Coming. You may be yep. the one adult that listens to them that yep. day. Yep. You may be that one adult, frankly, that listens to them in their, in their, in their whole life. You know, you don't know how big of a role you play. Not everybody may have had it as good as you did growing up. You know, like I, I see with these students, they come from all walks of life. Yes. Those are huge shoes to fill. You may effectively be the parent as that, you know, lieutenant at the firehouse or even that senior firefighter to those junior members. So that, that, that's, those are big shoes to fill. So it's your job, in addition to teaching them the, the tricks of the trade, is to, to guide them, help them be a successful adult. Some of the some of the most fun I've had in learning on the podcast is when guys come on the show and they talk to me about how they never did laundry until they went until they, <laughs> yeah. they lived in a firehouse. Yeah. They never made coffee before. They didn't know how sure. to cook, right? These life skills. But you're so right. I educate my kids. My two youngest are 15 and 16, and I said you can't judge anyone. You can't judge your best friend. You can't judge anyone in your school, regardless of how they dress, what they look yeah. like, who they are, how they act out. I said because you don't know what yes. they're dealing it's with. It's that simple. And the fire service is one of those places where people are looking typically for direction. Yeah. A lot of kids come to the fire service, the neighborhood firehouse. Why do, why in, in communities do kids buff at the firehouse? They're looking for something. Mm -hmm. It's not just the excitement and the red flashy truck. It's 
watching the camaraderie, the brotherhood and sisterhood that's occurring, the fact that these guys are willing to step down off the fire truck, get down on one knee and talk to them. Yeah. That is so impactful to kids that probably are looking for something more in their own life. And we need to embrace that. And I think programs like this really then go back to my talking point of confidence. Instills a level of confidence in them that maybe they didn't have when they walked through the door. But after a two-year program being here, it instills a lot more confidence into them. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, these programs, the one thing I wanted to mention, you know, they do exist. Some places they do exist. Excuse me. Some places they don't. But, you know, it, they vary wildly state by state. Right. So that was one of the things that I wanted to kind of come on here. Yeah, and let's discuss. talk about it. Yeah, if, you break it down. if you don't mind. No, yeah, 100%. Because so, I um, want to educate people about this type of program. Yeah, I think what you're doing be, here. I think it'd be very good for people to hear and, and hopefully gain some, you know, support for this. Why, yes. you know, I can just speak for here, you know, specifically in Pennsylvania. You know, there's however many counties in the Commonwealth. And every one of these counties, for the most part, has a program like this. But they vary wildly, I would say, in either their funding who the teacher is, what type of certifications they offer and stuff like that. And a lot of it is because it's up to the individual school to kind of take the program and make it what it is. There's really not a whole lot of support given to the school, right. um, given even to the individual teacher. You know, when I walked on here, they said, okay, here's a list of what you have to teach, kind of good luck, you know? And they trust that you're the, they trust that you're the industry professional that can deliver the material, right. which to an extent is true, but there's a lot that goes into this. Um, <clears throat> so I think one of the things that would benefit I would assume that at least the state of Pennsylvania, but I would, I would, you know, um, suspicious to say the rest of the country would be some type of uniform governing body or some type of uniform curriculum for high school fire programs. They do exist in some states, I know, but they certainly don't exist everywhere else. And also maybe some type of resource to put these programs in place where they don't exist. Because I think that this is, this is something that every state, uh, every municipality, frankly, given the current recruitment crisis that we're in, should be taking a good hard look at. Hundred percent. This is a this is the pipeline, and this is going to be the way to get your candidates in the door because <clears throat> people just aren't getting into this business like they used to. So I think that you know, for all the good that these programs do, there are, there is some support they need. You know, um, one of the other issues that we constantly run into is battling community colleges for funding. You know, the state fire academy doesn't necessarily, at least this is my perception, view us very differently than other community colleges. This is a group, this is high schoolers. There is a difference. You know, they do learn differently. They do, you know, um, you know, they learn, act differently, you know, they're, you know, tons of different things. So I think that some type of extra resource, maybe some type of governing body or some type of nationwide, frankly, support system for this would be a very good idea to help develop some consistency. This episode's brought to you by Fast Rescue Solutions. Fast Rescue Solutions was created with the mission to develop products and training that surpass currently accepted industry standards and that meet the operational challenges of the real world. Their mission is, always has been, and it always will be to revolutionize rescue and save lives. Fulfilling both the mission and the vision, the Fastboard is a disruptive technology in rescue. Invented by 28-year Philadelphia firefighter Eric Allen, who has over 20 years in the Philadelphia Fire Department Special Operations Unit. Nationally, the average time for rescuing a downed firefighter is 15 to 20 minutes using five or more members. The fast board has the ability to reduce that time to five minutes or less using only two to three members, which is 
500 times faster than the national average. Originally designed to get a fire down firefighter down and out of a basement, the fast board has been proven effective in nearly every rescue situation. RIT can find space, trench, and ice water rescue, hazmat, mass casualty, and the list goes on and on. Its simplicity and versatility make it a game changer. I've been calling it a game changer for the last five years, and it truly is changing the way firefighter removal and rescue and civilian rescue is being done. Come find them at FDIC. Uh, they'll be at booth 13120 in the Capitol Corridor. Also this year, it's known as Firefighter Road. There's a ton of firefighter-owned businesses out in that Capitol Corridor. That's where you want to be, supporting our own. Stop in and see the crew from the Fast Rescue Solutions for live demos and meet the tribe. Their tribe, there's nothing better than that. This is tried and true brothers and sisters that are into the game, and they are making the job better join them wednesday thursday and friday of fdic week from three to five in the main corridor and you can have a cold one with them for happy hour come down meet the crew let them know who you are and let them show you why they're changing the game fast rescue solutions changing the game in the way we're protecting our own and the civilians we're sworn to protect check them out and I think uh, I just, that was one thing I made sure when I knew, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming over here. This is, is, this is awesome. I, one thing for sure, I, I wanted to make sure that I got out and yeah. wanted to make sure people heard. And, you know, I would love, you know, to hear people's opinions. Do you, that do you know other people that teach or instruct in programs like this? Sure, I do, actually. Okay. And that's actually the cool part. You know, I've been in touch with plenty of other people in Pennsylvania, and I've seen some programs where uh, the school has the funding that they need, and the program is great. So it's, is it county Generally. administration run, right? Or is it state run? I guess to break that down a little bit more. So the state, the state Department of Education is who hands us our, we call it our task list. That is a list That's of every. That's the state. It's a state Department they, of Education. Here's the minimums we have, right? The Correct. curriculum, yes. what has to be taught, yes. all that stuff. You, and it's not, frankly, it's not even a curriculum. It's almost a list of learning objectives. It's just, really? literally it said, you know, demonstrate use of portable fire extinguishers. Okay. Bullet points. Yeah, demonstrate fire, demonstrate understanding of fire behavior. It's like, well, okay, but if I'm a brand new teacher, how am I going to get from A to B? You know, it's just like, here's what they're supposed to learn. This is kind of how you're supposed to develop it. it. And the schools that have that support system are great. And I, I'm, I luck out. You know, I have excellent bosses and excellent people that help me. Because the thing you have to understand is in the, in the technical school realm is these aren't people that went to school to be teachers. You, know, you had the person that went to school that was a carpenter, the person that was a firefighter, whatever. So getting into this, I think that having some type of support system for that is huge. Yeah. Because right now they kind of, they send you to a few college classes, which frankly, are not very helpful. Well, you're tradespeople who then have to get an education degree so you can teach. Well, and it's right? turning, it's turning, it turns people away from the business as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah for but, sure. I, but I wonder, so the Delaware school that we're in, right? Delaware mm. County, right? Mm -hmm. What's enrollment look like here? For our students specifically or the whole school? The whole school. Is, um, is there an upswing? Oh, 100%, which is great. So that's a fun conversation. Yeah, for sure it is. For sure it is. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think the most, diplomatic way to say this, but colleges have been offering things that weren't always beneficial for students. I get I mean, it. Degrees that weren't I'm, always beneficial for students. You and I hit on that before. And I think the cat's out of the bag. And I think that students now are realizing, you know, well, I can make just as much money being a carpenter. Or I can more. make just as, or frankly, yes, even better, or more. And have more you opportunity. Know, have more opportunity, 100%. Be more fulfilled, you know. Um, and that brings them here too, which is, you know, great. And also, not everybody's meant to sit behind a desk. Not everybody's right. meant to, you know, 
God, it drives me crazy. I, I tell people all the time the days I'm most tired are when I'm sitting in there putting in grades. <laughs> I'm more tired doing that than a day of teaching. Well, that's what you said. Like getting out this and getting prog- about, When yeah. you found this program over traditional yeah. high school, you excelled. For sure. Yeah. And, and I it, think it changed your path. It yeah. changed your course. But if you got stuck sitting in a traditional high school mm-hmm. and didn't have an opportunity to come to a program like this, imagine mm-hmm. where you'd be today. I have no idea. I, I would hate to, I hate you know to imagine that. But yeah, no. Yeah, 100%. you'd be working a nine to five working yeah. for paychecks miserable. or somebody sitting behind a desk yes. in a cubicle or something, right? Yeah, like being miserable. Yeah, I, I can't stress that enough. And I think programs like this in technical schools, I think there is an upswing. And I think oh, yeah. I agree with you 100% in that regard. And it brings so much value to the table because it's not just the trade they're learning, but it's how a trade is taught differently than algebra class. Yes. There's a whole different way Whoa. of consuming the, the, the knowledge and the respect and physicalness of it is a different way to learn. Well, and to touch on that, there, you know, there the ways that I would say we do it differently. You know, at least here for our program, we've built a pretty expansive co-op network. What you, what some people I guess would call like work release. So we, you know, we've had a great support from all different organizations in our county. But some of the places like our students can get out of class to go ride on an ambulance for eight hours in a day. Uh, we were recently at our medical examiner's office. The students got to sit in on autopsies. Thanks, no to, our, thanks to our awesome medical examiner. I know that's not a fire-related thing. No, but, but I get it. It's part of the program. EM, for our EMT Absolutely. students, that's amazing. You know, the other place that I have students doing clinicals right now are at our dispatch center, our 911 center. So that's a whole other public safety career as well. So, yeah, talking about, like, the more non-traditional route, you know, uh, and, and even to speak to our other programs, you know, you have students that if it's their second year here and they're proficient, they're out building houses with other contractors or they're out, you know, working in a mechanic shop fixing cars or – so on and so forth. So I think that that talking about non-traditional learning environments, you know, that's huge because that's going to give you things you're just not going to get in a classroom. And the one thing that I would challenge local fire departments to do, if you have a school like this in your area, is consider developing some type of program like that. Yeah, It takes nothing from you to allow them to come to your station for eight hours a day. The schools cover the insurance, frankly. They're all set up. We're all set up to do co-op. And you, and that alone Getting them out of school, being able to show them what to do, I think can go a long way in getting candidates in your door. 100%. I mean, I, I, I did a podcast not too long ago with uh, Chris Ussery out of okay. uh, Virginia Beach, and she's in the training division for a three-year stint, and part of that is the cadet program that mm. they run. And it's a really good podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I would suggest you listen to it because she talks about her students there, um, and it's just like uh, two or three times a month, mm-hmm. but it's like 14 to 18-year-olds but the intent of the program, one, was to give kids an outlet to learn about the emergency yeah. services. But two, they're creating an early on pipeline of figuring out who's the best for their jobs so that when they go to hire, they already have these kids in the pipeline. These kids yep. know all about their fire department. They know, and the fire department knows all about these kids. And they're yeah. like, this guy, this guy, this girl would be yes. a great candidate. We need to do everything we can mm-hmm. to gobble them up. I watch that happen right now. I mean, we have a pretty expansive network with the local EMS agencies, but a lot of them know the students' first name basis. You know, hey, that, and I get it not uncommon for me to get an email. Hey, I like that Mike kid. He's he's what we're looking for. You know, and then that person can go out and get a job because you meet them. You, they they're part of the process of growing that student too. I love so it. you can also kind of groom them to become the firefighter you want or the EMT you want. You know, and give them. You know, this is how we do things at our department that might be different from yours and, and, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that, yeah, that's hugely beneficial. I think if you're a fire department that's not doing that, you're missing out on a huge recruitment opportunity. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And, and I'm just, like, trying to wrap my head around oh, yeah, it, like, sure. I mean, and so on. But what I, I think what we need to do is to circle back just to what you were talking about yeah. with whether it's a, a, a registry of understanding where these programs are. Because I think a lot of places don't 
That's no. a good point. That, so we created a, when we created a Facebook page, it was just my, you know, my idea to try to promote the program a little more. That's really when we started getting support from our local fire and EMS departments, everybody who could see what the EPS program at Delaware County Tech Schools is doing. Um, and I think that in a lot of places... Yeah, it's a local fire company. <laughs> That's fantastic. If you I guys, know what they got. If you couldn't pick it up on the pockets, I'm sitting here yeah. and all of a sudden I'm yep. looking at the garage They're door because right the there's a fire siren going off. It's like old school. This yeah. is what I love, man. Yeah. Like how yeah. many towns have fire sirens left? I like know. I love I that. I know. Yeah, it's great. Is it 12 o'clock or is it? No. No. Nope. Oh, there it goes again. They're going, yeah, it'll it'll spin up and spin down. Yeah. No, so I'm all sure your kids are like looking at the glass right now. Oh right? yeah, no, there's a there's a so we're in Delaware County. There's a site called Delco Dispatch. So they already know what they're going for. They'll pull out their phone. Oh, they got a fire alarm. Oh, they got a building fire. And like I said, when it's a building fire, they're always chomping at the bit to go. Yeah, I yeah. tell them if it's here, no problem. Field trip guys, it. field yeah, trip. Right? Everybody in the <laughs> ambulance cool. outside. That would be cool, yeah. right? But the local fire departments, you know, have been extremely supportive for that. And part of the thing has been the social media. Um, but I think in a lot of places, these programs are like the best kept secret. And it's 100%. a shame it shouldn't be that way. And it's. And to be frank, at least, you know, that falls a lot on me as the instructor to promote the program, which is a lot in addition to teaching it. So I think that yes. on the flip side, you know, that maybe maybe some of the technical schools could do a better job of promoting programs. But on the other side, the fire and police and EMS departments, it's a very simple phone call to call and ask if you have one of those programs and ask how you can help. I um, Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I'm just thinking, like, I don't know of a program like this near me. Sure, right? sure. I don't think New Jersey, at least in northern New Jersey, I don't know. There's a few technical high schools, but they do not offer emergency really? services. Really, yeah. So I'm, I, that's why, like, when I asked you early on in this episode about, like, where the foundation came from, mm -hmm. um, it had to take some really smart people to figure out that this is, this is it's, it's a technical job. And oh, so sure. it fits right under the umbrella of yeah. a technical high school. Why aren't we offering that type of approach? Mm -hmm. So it took some people with some foresight to really put together a program like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just, like I said, yeah, it's just grown and morphed over the years. So, like, you know, your other option, if you're in a, a department like that where I don't have one of these programs around me, go to the school. Pitch it to them. Yeah. We, we create new programs. We have, we have a, uh, one of our newer programs is like biomedical engineering. I don't understand half of what they do. Yeah. It's, you know, like you, lab science. both, yeah. Labs, but, you know, the, you know there's, there's a very non-traditional type program. So it seems like with the, now is your time to kind of use that to its fullest extent because career and technical education is on the uptick. Yeah. Schools, I would say, I would imagine in most places across the country are looking to open programs, fill seats and stuff like that. And, you know, if it's a program that is going to have enrollment, I would think most schools would be willing to tackle yeah, that project. Yeah, for sure. And it could be a joint venture. There's a lot of departments that do that, you know, a joint venture between the department and the school itself. Yeah, I collaboration always makes things better in my yeah, world, right? Yeah. When well, I think it's mutually we can, beneficial. Yeah, and then looking at that, you know, you think about how many fire departments are going through the transitional efforts right now. We were just talking about merging districts. I'm before. in a department right now. Right. We're merging three into one as we speak. You we're know? having issues where I am. So it's a lot of conversation about like, what are our options? Mm -hmm. How do we weigh our options? And then where do we want to go? There's a lot of programs that have already bunking programs. So mm -hmm. fire departments recognize that we need to get crafty in yes, our approach. This is just another one and then another tool in that toolbox. Embrace this generation and then give them the tools they need. Talk to me That's, about this generation. Yeah, I, sorry, so yeah. light up. That's definitely yeah. something I'm passionate about. Yeah, I can't stand, you know, I, and I hear it a lot uh, from people, you know, about the problems that the generation that comes after them has, you know, uh, Gen Z this, Gen Z that. Yeah. The, listen, I, I mean, I, I see about 50 of them a year, but, you know, all of them are hardworking. All of them want to be here and all of them got into this for the right reasons. 
the problems that I see, frankly, are the, some of the ones that go back to their firehouses and can get a tainted view of things. No. You'd be, right? Being told yeah. no. Yeah, you'd be shocked. Well, and also you'd just be shocked at how much, I think a lot of the more senior guys, you'd be shocked at how much they may look up to you and you may not realize it. So what you say they will take as gospel, right? So if it's, you know, uh, you know, it's just a fire alarm. I'm not going to put my air pack on. Well, they're going to listen to you, and they're probably going to listen to you over me because you're a member of their firehouse. I agree and with you. you know as well as I do that's not the best decision to be making, right, for the citizen for who may have their house on fire when it's that fire yeah. alarm. So um, I think that, yeah, <clears throat> I guess to try to circle back to that is that, yeah, like, the, you know, the Gen Z people that I see now are um, in it for the right reasons, hard workers. There seems to be less of them getting into the business, but the ones that are getting into the business are as good as ever, in my opinion. I think so. I think so. Like, yeah. who are we to judge? Yeah, yeah. Like, who are we to say differently? Because here's the thing, right? It takes work. The one thing that's lacking yes. in all firehouses is work, yeah. right? We're, <clears throat> we're struggling to dedicate enough time to the volunteer firehouse, right? Or career guys are eh, not into it as much as mm -hmm. they used to be. Their For side sure. jobs are more important. They're arguing <laughs> yeah. with their third wife. Like, all those things, yeah. right? Yeah. No, that's facts. Oh, no, right? that's 100%. And so, like, they're kind of disconnected. And then... To have a young, excited group in your firehouse that's ready to go and you don't share the same excitement or desire to work on their behalf to make them good, well, then what are you going to do? You're going to squash their spirit, yep. right? You're going to take yep. away their ability to want to be better and do more. And they'll leave, too, because that's, the that's the other thing that's going on now is that there's been, a, there's been a massive flip. You know, like I remember when I applied to my... When I was applying to my career departments, you know, yeah. it was like a thousand people testing for a 25 spot academy. A lot, a big competition. That's starting to dwindle. The pendulum's going the other way. 100%. Where the employers don't necessarily have the power. It's the candidates that do because the vacancies are there. Mm -hmm. Before, the vacancies were hard to come by because people stayed in those jobs. But due to the recruitment crisis or what have you now, people have the ability to hop ship very quickly to another department. And so there's, that should be a massive threat to you as an organization of, well, what am I doing to retain these young people? How am I keeping them engaged and excited? Because if you're not, it's, they're probably, they'll become bitter for a short period of time, but they'll just leave yep. eventually. Because they have options. They have options. People have more options now than ever. Yes. And yes. you can't, and, and the Gen Z yeah. knows that. Yeah. They know they have options because it's in their hand. Here's my option right here. I can learn about this fire department. Look how great this fire department yep. looks at. Look, one of the kids today mentioned Christiana to me. They're doing a great job. Right? Great department. And, I, here, and we're close to them, and I can't, I, yeah. But, I the, but my point is, is yeah. right, is like they mentioned a department by name. Yes. Who's doing it right? Yeah. That speaks volumes, right? Because where's that kid? That kid's going to be in some dead-end engine company with some, <laughs> yeah. some crusty old guys yep. that don't want to embrace his excitement and vigor. And that kid's going to be like, you know what? I don't need you we'll guys. drive 30 minutes down the road. I could go right down the does. road, go to a lot more fires, and hang out with guys that make me feel better. That's where you want to be. Yep. And it takes a good – we just challenge the department to take a good long look, right, uh, at, you know, at their department and what their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities are, and what the threats are for their organization. Because, you know, at least <clears> – <throat> When I've done it before, you know, I've done it for this program, it takes you all about five or ten minutes with a couple people to realize what some of your big glaring problems are. And that's oftentimes, oftentimes one of them. Are you willing to look at it, though? Well, that's that's huge, yeah, right? right? Are yeah. you willing to have that conversation? Because I think most places know what their problems are. Yeah. They choose not to address it. Yeah, well, and that's a shame. And then you're complicit. 100%. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the, you know... It's one thing to be said if somebody's not identifying the problem, but if you've identified the problem and don't want to change it, well, then frankly, it's on you. So do you talk about this with them? Oh, for sure. You know, and I, I 
we have, like I said, we have all different departments in this county, you know, from all different, you know, socioeconomic areas and stuff like that. And, you know, there'll, there'll be an idea or a trend or something that'll sweep along them. And, you know, some of them will take it back to the departments who will embrace it quickly and some won't. And, you know, and there's nothing worse. There's nothing that, you know, I, I hate hearing more is that, you know, like you'd have a 16 or 17 year old student that's coming to me and complaining about a problem in their department. And I know they're right. Yeah. It's not the 30, 30, 40 right. year old dude. That's right. You know what you're saying to me makes sense. You're yep. correct. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and that's a shame, you know, and the tough, what do I say to somebody like that as well? Because all they can really, they're pouring their heart and soul into this place because they have the time and ability to, these aren't people that have jobs or kids yet. The firehouse is life. So I think yeah. that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, if they're taking the time to say that, to, to bring those, that stuff to your department's attention, you, you should at least listen. You can only be discouraged so much yeah, and then they'll, before you either yeah. bounce yeah. Or you shut them down. I mean, how many people walk away from the fire service daily oh, yeah. because they weren't treated the way they should have been treated, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Yeah. You are truly shaping and crafting. You got five years in. You probably got 100 kids on the street <laughs> that are in all different positions and yep. jobs. Some went into the emergency services. Some didn't. Super rewarding for you. Absolutely. It's been great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What does it, what's it feel like? I mean, no, I, I mean, mean that. I mean that. No, like, I always, I like to ask my guests on the podcast, like, you know, because a lot of people, I, I try to talk to people that I believe in my dealings with them that they're making a difference or they have an incredible story or there's something about them that I think brings tremendous value to the fire service, right? That's the whole intent of this. And, and so for me, I often ask people, like, what's that 30,000 sky high view when you look down? Like, what does that look like for you? I mean, you left the job you thought was going to be your career to come here for fulfillment and happiness. Five years in, you're smiling, you're laughing. We've had an yeah. incredible morning together. Yeah, like, and I, I see the interaction between you and the kids. You get to see these kids on the fire ground. You get to see them progress through their careers. You get to see them get hired. I think you're I really making an impact, brother. Yeah, I think the best thing I could say, it took me a minute to try to figure out the words for that, but what I would say is it, a win for them is a win for me. Love it. That makes sense. I love it. That's validation for everything you put into them, right? So, you know, they get into that college that they were applying to. That's a win for me. You know, they become a police officer or firefighter. That's also a win for me. It's a win for them more so, but yeah. I, I hopefully played a part in that. So yeah. that definitely makes me feel good for sure. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the future look like for you? The uh, program? I mean, I think you're just getting started. I would agree. So some of the things we're looking to add in the future. Um, so like I said, we have Pennsylvania has four modules in their Fire One curriculum, uh, with the final module being interior firefighter. The state is making some changes to try to combat the um, decreasing number of volunteers, one of them being allowing uh, live fire training at the age of 17, as long as it's a part of the Firefighter One program. So that would be the next step, I think, would be to be trying to add that. My ultimate goal for this program would be to graduate candidates that are uh, – certified EMTs and, and with the firefighter one certification awesome. as well. I think for two years here, you do a fire year, uh, um, an EMS year and graduate with those certifications, I think would make a pretty well-rounded candidate, especially for today's fire service. Do you, do you talk to any continuing education places? So like colleges, community colleges, yeah, anything we do. like that? Uh, that's actually, okay. Well, that's a whole nother thing that you bring up. Well, so, you let's know. talk about it because no, I think great. that that's I'm glad just, you mentioned it. I think that's just the next step in the process. Yeah. I mean, we're, you're molding and shaping 16 to 18 year olds and you're yeah. helping them along in deciding if this is something they want to do yeah. as maybe a career or a state mm -hmm. volunteer or whatever that looks like. There's obviously the next step. Mm -hmm. we, have, um, we have a lot of articulation agreements with local colleges where they'll actually give the students some places up to 12 college credits for just attending and, and graduating from this program. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, you know, our local community college is one of them, but then there's also state schools and things like that. So, um, having these articulation agreements as well can create different graduation pathways. I'll have a student that'll come through and say, you know, I wanted to get a, I want to get a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and then become a police officer. Okay, cool. Well, here's a list of schools that will offer you college credits for having attended this program and completed it. And that definitely can help narrow down and help, you know, them figure out, yeah, figure right. out the graduate yeah. rather than just getting hit with a hundred different choices of schools. Uh, you know, it can help them with that as well. So yeah, for the continuing education, you know, we offer that, um, they can transition pretty smoothly from EMT here into paramedic with our local community college, which nice. is awesome. Yeah. Um, the fire, the fire one is a little bit more tough, but there are schools, you know, that do offer credits for ours that, uh, you know, offer degrees in fire science and things like that, which is, um, which is beneficial as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think about like, that's the next logical step. And, you know, a lot of jobs today are requiring some college behind mm -hmm. you, right? Before sure. you get hired, if you want to yeah. go the career paths, some are, you know, 30, 60 college credits yeah. and so on. So, do you push your kids? I know it's a technical high school, but is there that talk about well, there's, further education? There's always the talk about it. Would I say, do I push them? Definitely not. I Wrong well, choice no, of words. No, 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 but, I, get, right. I get what you're saying. No, right. no, no. Uh, I would say that, uh, I mean, guide them certainly. I would say that, like, you know, um, you. it's not uncommon, all right, I think, to get a student that will come through and, and not have any idea what they're doing after this. Yeah. Okay. And so those are the ones that really, cause if, if you don't, if you don't latch onto them and give them that guidance that they need they they may not make much of themselves. And that's, that's right. That's unfortunate. It's sad because, and I've seen it, you know, we've had wins, we've had losses. I've had students that have gone on and, and have had a taken, have unknowingly taken the harder route. In I life. get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we bear a whole lot of responsibility in guiding them that way. And the mentors at their firehouses do the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like I said, the, I'm their teacher. I see them for so many hours a day, but they're going to listen to the person at their fire station before they listen to me. I've seen it. Yes. So that there's responsibility yeah. with that. Uh, tremendous yeah. responsibility. But I also think too, I, I don't, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit either because I think <laughs> your, you. I think your voice is very powerful to your kids. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. And that. I think that if they're in a, if they're in a department where their people aren't lifting them up, yeah. they know that this is a place that lifts them up. That's a good way to put it, for sure. And I think that that is very impactful for their future and career. And in fact, these kids, like we said, typically are looking for something more. They need some fulfillment or, or voids filled in their life, whether it's a parent figure, mm -hmm. uh, some structure, scheduling, whatever it is, right? And then you offer that here. This is a home base that allows for that and treats them as an individual, mm -hmm. not who they are just what they are, what they want to be, who yeah. they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. And you respect that and give that to them. And um, I think that's very powerful. So if they're not getting it in their home departments, they're certainly getting it in a program like this. Ah, well, good. Yeah, I can, that's, I can yeah. assure you with that. All right. Well, thank yeah. you. I'm glad to hear that. That's cool. Uh, well, it's very validation. exciting. So what what do you need? Talk about the needs of programs like sure. this, man. I know you beg, borrow, cheat, and steal to get. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I, I mean do. that in the nicest no, way. No, everybody but, who knows me would But, say like, sitting thing. here with this, I mean, this is a cream puff to me. I would take oh, yeah, this. I, love this I would take this for bagels on Sunday mornings. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, your kids are learning off this equipment. They're, they're getting yeah. struck out. They're stretching lines. They're mm -hmm. packing up. They're, I mean, you treat them. For sure. Like, they're in the program. So, oh, absolutely. So, These what programs, does that look like for you? What do you need? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, funding is always helpful. We talked already about that, you know, I think more of a singular governing body, but in, in that would be one thing I would say that I think we need, but on the other term, you know, funding is always, is always nice to have, you know, the more funding we have really, the more we can do. That's yeah. probably one of our biggest limiting factors. You know what I mean? Um, 
I'm lucky enough with the people that I have, you know, that are, that are in charge of me here are, you know, as long as we can make it work funding wise, they'll let us have it. So I guess what I'm trying to say in that is that you could, I guess I'll try, sorry, trying to, no, you're fine. to say it. No, is that ahead. I think that, you know, the programs are only limited by the amount of money that's coming in the door. I guess that's probably the best way I can say it. So, um, you know, things like newer turnout gear are always nice. You know, um, we burn through, you know, air packs. There's a good example. Yeah. Getting 25 students air packs was an extremely difficult I task. I can't even imagine. That's a fortune. Yeah. It's a fortune. So something like that as well. So maybe something, you know, hopefully maybe there's some people listening, you know, in the manufacturing industry that could maybe find a route to help out with these things. 100%. You know what I mean? You know, you have to buy fire hose for the program. You have to buy, you know... Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, with EMS, you know, mannequins, you know, um, <clears throat> we have an SCBA fill station that we got with a grant, but, you know, I wouldn't have been able to afford that any other way. So I think that, yeah, um, one of the things that could be helpful too is funding. And maybe that's something that your de- that other departments could look at as well and helping these programs become more successful. Uh, yeah, I mean, because you, you know, you know that, you know, uh, classes and, and courses like this are not getting the top tier funding that other programs get. Certainly. Well, and, and that's the thing. We're constantly battling for our community college, right. which is, is, is there's a lot of people trying to do the same thing. Of here. course. You know what I there's mean? There's only so much to go around, right? Yeah, so well, it's, yeah. And there's a lot of people trying to combat the volunteer problem, but it's like, okay, well that means that everybody's going to get a smaller chunk of that pie. Right. right? So I think that, you know, maybe, maybe some organized approach. Together. We're fortunate. I can't say enough with our community college, you know, they work pretty well with us, but I know places where they're in, you know, dead set competition, to be frank. And that's not good. No. You know, so help each other out, you know, do, you know, you guys are, have a similar goal. Yeah. You know, or your, or your community training center. That's another one. You know, I have a great relationship with our um, emergency services training center as well. So, um, you know, and what's good for them is good for us. We, you know, we've actually been able to trade equipment and, and, you know, help each other out. I've donated stuff to them. They've helped us, you know, we ha- I help instruct there. They can come and help instruct here. So, you know, a very good working relationship with, with agencies like that has been helpful too. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Well, I mean, and that's, I think, you know, to kind of sum it up a little bit, that's what it takes. It's a partnership. It's yeah. a collaboration, right? It's not going to take one person. It's going to be a lot more than that. It's not, but it takes one person. There's a, there's always the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> right? And that's okay. that's you, man. I mean, you know, watching your hustle and understanding, talking to people that know you in the program and hearing your roots that came up through the program and now you're back to... Mm-hmm put your stamp on it and, and to push the project forward. Brother, well done, man. Thank you really, so much. I, I mean, what, I really a, appreciate it, what a great day Thank today. you so like, much. This has been a lot of fun. I really um, appreciate you coming down. Thank you so much. 100%. And if we can influence in any way to uh, get the conversation yes. going, for, you know, if you're watching or listening, go ahead. One thing I would like to Yeah, yes. please, talk, please talk, talk, talk. Follow us on Facebook at DCTS EPS. If you're anybody who has a uh, question uh, about one of these types of programs. One more that time. Is what page. is it? Sure. Yes. DCTS EPS. DCTS EPS. EPS. That's for Delaware County Technical Schools Emergency and Protective Services. And that's on Facebook? Yes, correct. We have, um, so the reason I'm saying that is if you're somebody who has any questions, I, this is something I'm very passionate about, but would be more than happy to help anybody. Um, they wanted to know how maybe how to start a program like this or had any questions or anything like that. You can, you can find me on that page. That's I run the page. So it's awesome. Um, yeah. Be more than happy to help anybody else out. Well, Keston, thank you very much for your time sure. today, man. I no, took you away you. from the class, but uh, I think they're, they're, right. <laughs> they're <laughs> doing okay. review. It was funny. You said in the, in the intro, Hey guys, uh, you know, this group, you got a documentary to watch. And I'm like, what brothers in battle? Like, yeah, are, we, man. are yeah. we doing like some yeah. old school video? Yeah. Cause those are documentaries, oh, man. Oh yeah, for sure. No, like, I mean, they watch all kinds of good stuff like that for sure. I love that, yeah, man. All to my attention. 
Keston Weimer, yes, thank you, brother. Thank, thank you, so you much, for having me today it. and sharing your program with me. The Delaware County Technical High School Emergency yep. and Protective Services Program. Yes, sir. It's wild, man. Thanks, man. Good for Appreciate you. It. Keep up the great work. Thank and um, if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this podcast and you have the ability, you have equipment, you have some abilities for funding, anything to promote the betterment of the job. These are young kids that are really putting in the time and energy yeah. to fall in love with the process and the job. We want to support that 100%. So, brother, thank you for sharing no your story today and, and the school with us. Um, and I'm so glad that I was able to be here today Sounds and see good. this. Yeah. So, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me talk. Yeah, good. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the National Fire Radio podcast. And as I always say, take the conversation back to the firehouse and talk about it. Because when we're talking about the job, we make the job better. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Fire Radio.